We're talking about tonight. The topic was uh, tools to succeed, which means giving your children the tools to succeed. And and uh, you said is that this. that is everyone wants their children to succeed. Everybody wants their children to be mitzvah. There's some obvious mistakes or points people don't think about, and therefore we're going to look at tonight as a cladistic thing, points which a person has to be aware of to give his children the tools they need to be mitzvah. Now, let me start with something which is very straightforward. That we are using it to build the yisoid, and not my yisoid really comes from Chazal. And that is, at some stage, your child's going to come home from school, or whatever level it's going to be, with homework. And yes, he needs help with his homework. Whether it's maths, whether it's English, whether it's Chumash uh, Rashi, whatever it's going to be. Right? As a parent, so the child says, I understand. He gives you the questions, he gives you the worksheet, or the assignment, whatever it is. Now, for Amos, you look at it, and you could. Do it in a minute. It's very simple. Two plus two, you know, right? Three times three, you know. And what does Rashi say? Voracious borrow, you know. And so you could just, uh, within two minutes, you could do the assignment for him, and it's done. It's done. Finished. You all realize in this Pashat that that's not going to help anybody, <coughs> right? Because it's true that he'll be able to give into his teacher the next morning a fully completed assignment sheet and get 100 for the right answers, but Lemay said, you haven't helped him. You haven't helped him because if you want your child to be able to know the topic, to be able to do the maths, to be able to know the Rashi, the only way to do it is for him to be able to understand the answer and apply the answer. If you're just going to take it off his hands and do it for him, then he doesn't get anything. Now, that's a simple martial which I think we can all relate to. And now we're going to jump to the other end of the spectrum. I'm going to talk, tell you about one of the major philosophical questions that Aristotle had in the Torah which in his mindset was enough of a reason to deny Hashem. And Aristotle had a problem like this. And that is, if you look at the Bayer, you look at Hashem as being Kol as being unlimited, as being absolute, as being infinite. If that's the case, it's impossible for Hashem to want something. Why? If Hashem wants something, it will happen. So how can Hashem ever want something which hasn't happened? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. If Hashem, we can want things because not after us to make them happen. But Ba'akadosh Baruch if you're talking about an absolute, then a want is automatically fulfilled. There's no possibility of wanting something which isn't going to be fulfilled. So you can't have a concept of Hashem wanting something which, which, which hasn't yet happened. Similarly, a want can't change. If you're talking about something which is absolute, which is perfect, then whatever it wants happens. That's perfection. It can't change. Nothing will change what it wants. And therefore, the idea that there's a world doesn't make sense is the world in its perfect stage so if you're going to say yes so then there's no point to creation where are we going everything's perfect already why do things change and if you're going to say no then it's a stereo session why not should create a perfect either or we're going to have, we have a catch-22 in, in philosophy yes, let me say it again if Hashem wants something it has to happen so how do you explain the world we're in today this is what Hashem wants, it's not what Hashem wants. If it is what Hashem wants, then the modern things keep changing. Perfection is being reached, we're already there. If it's not what Hashem wants, so then how can something happen which Hashem doesn't want? Why doesn't what Hashem want happen? How do we explain the Matthias of a world which is imperfect, a world which is changing, 
But at the same time, Hashem wants it to be like that. There's something wrong in the, in the, in the philosophy of it doesn't make sense. And therefore, Ba'atim, from this question, Aristotle came to have Hanalha, that HaKadosh Baruch doesn't care about the world. And therefore, it's not he wants, he doesn't want, it doesn't interest him. Which means, what we do us doesn't interest him. Which is obviously fair. That's, because if that's the case, there's no reward and punishment, there's no personal accountability. Okay, what's the answer to the question? The Chorus is a good question. So let me explain. Answer the question with the insight. With the insight. And the answer is like this. There's a Gemara which says, Let's turn the surface, ask for the giver. What's more shalim? The Maise Adam or the Maise Hashem? What's more perfect? What Hashem can make or the handiwork of a person? And by way of an answer, Rabbi Kiva took out wheat seeds and the cake. He said, which would you prefer to eat? Now, he said, the wheat seeds is Maise Hashem. The cake is Maise Adam. Second marshal, he took out <coughs> strands of flax fibers and a linen shirt. He said, which would you prefer to wear? The shirt or raw flax fiber? This is Maise Hashem. This is Maise Adam. So those are the key saying to him. Not, I don't think what Tanisha was expecting him to say. He said, you see, Maise Adam is more perfect than Maise Hashem. Because the Shabbat creates wheat seeds, Hashem, a person can make it into bread. Hashem creates raw flax, a person can make it into cloth. Now, where were they going? What Tanisha really wanted to ask was, if Hashem's creation is more perfect, so why do you need to give a child a bristle? The body is perfect the way Hashem made it. And the key answer was, a person perfects what Hashem makes. Hashem makes things not perfect, the person needs to perfect it. I'll give you another marshal the same principle. Amazing thing. I'm sorry. And that is, we're talking about the third verse in English from Herod Yemen. Who's going to build the third verse in English? So it's a steer between two Gemaras. The one Gemara which is famous in the one in Sukkah, that the Batmesh of Slishi will be Yared, Bani, Meshach, and Hashemayim. It will land, so to speak, it will come down from Shemayim already built. So Hashem will build it. On the other hand, there's a Gemara which says, and on the Pazak in Zechariah, Vayarani Hashem is Arba Acharashim. Hashem showed me the four workmen, which are still in Livnes as Besam Mikdash. So there are four people who are going to build the Besam Mikdash. So what about Hashem's building it? We're building it, Hashem's building it. Rashi also there in Gemara Sukkah. The man said there's an answer in the Siddur, in the Musaf of Yom Tov. Nusach of the Tfil is an answer to the question. He said, B'nei Be'ezchach Kivatchil. V'chaynei Mikdash Chal M'chaynei. He says, Hashem, you build the Be'ezchach Mikdash, set up the Be'ezchach Mikdash like you want. V'har'einu B'vinyanei. Show us that you're building it. V'samcheinu B'sikonei. But v'misameach as, you're being able to metakin it. So Hashem is going to build it, but he's going to misameach as and finishing it off and perfecting it. So he brought, V'har'einu B'vinyanei, then Hashem will do it. V'samcheinu, v'misameach as, b'tikonei, to complete it. And the if the whole thing is a nice anyway, and all things coming in the Shemayim perfect, so why does Hashem just finish the job? Why does Hashem make it in a way which people need to perfect it? And we can really ask the question, and even after Avikiva proved right, that a person can complete what Hashem made, why Taka? If Hashem is already making the wheat, then he make the bread. If Hashem is already making the person, then he make him complete. And what's the answer to the question? This is the biggest side. The answer is, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can make things complete. Not only that, I'll prove it to you. Exactly the two Mishalim Rabbi Kiva came. Wheat seeds or gluskos. Flex fibers or clay millets. The Gemara says, 
exactly these examples. The trees will produce danger, so to speak, and clothing. So of course, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it will happen. So why not? The answer is, if Hashem creates a perfect world, there's nothing for people to do. And that's it. What are we doing here exactly? The world reaches a stage of perfection. If Hashem creates the person, the perfect, perfect person, Hashem created the perfect world. So then we're doing nothing. We're unnecessary. Hashem is not in that. And therefore, Hashem definitely creates things in the way where they need to be perfected, because that gives the human being something to do in the world. You can perfect it. You can complete it. Right? Whether it's the world, whether it's the best of Mikdash, whether it's himself. Because as we know, the principle is Ayn Amalach and Nikris El Hashem Gaimra. The person who completed is Nikris Hashemoy. And that's the best. Yes, Akhlaj Baruch creates everything, and he leaves the last step for the person to finish. That way the person can do something too. Now, therefore, what's the answer to the question of the philosophers? Of course, if the world is up to Ratzon Hashem, or how Hashem wants the world to be, then the world would be, the world would be the way Hashem wants it to be. But the Ratzon Hashem is that the world should be in a way which people need to perfect it. And if that's the case, the world's not going to be perfect, and it's going to take a long time, because it's not Hashem which is perfecting it, it's people. And that's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants it to be a world which people perfect. So you're asking, is this the ideal world? No. Is this the world Hashem wants? Yes. And it's not a stereo. Because Hashem wants to make a non-ideal world, an imperfect world, because that gives people the chance to do something. And if it's taking us a long time, it's because people don't do their job. That's what Hashem wanted. Hashem's Rosen didn't change. Right? Now if you understand this, you say, let's go back to what I was saying before. And the same principle applies in a much greater sense, in a much broader sense, in a much more roughly sense, like the Shwarakhu, that's what I'm talking about now in regard to your children as well. And that is, of course, you as the Tamil Fakhum, as the adult, as the father, <coughs> the person with more ability and more experience, can do anything your child can do better. You can, anything you want him to do, you could do better. And faster and more efficiently and do a better job of it also. But if you're going to do that, so what are you achieving? You're not giving him the chance to learn how to do anything. If everything is always done in a better way than he could do it, in a more perfect way or in a quicker way, or in a way which he never had to learn how to do anything, then yes, maybe it saves you time. And yes, things get done better. But the mind said, you're never giving him the tools to succeed. It's like a college broker would say, forget it, he's doing such a mess anyway, let me just perfect the world myself. He could, in a second. Then what have you done? So then I haven't tried to do anything. And therefore, I just gave the homework at the beginning as the example, but it applies to many, many other things. And that is, if you want to give your children tools to succeed, You've got to give them the ability to try and to make mistakes and to do things wrong and to be patient and give them the chance to work on how to do it until they get it right. Because that way they're learning how to do something. That way they're, getting this, they're being able to do it on their own. Masha'anka, if everything is always done for them, yes, in a better way, yes, in a more successful way, whatever it's going to be, but you've never given them the tools to do it on their own. Like I said, this applies to lots of things. This applies to lots of things. Even regular household chores, regular household jobs. Right? You as a parent, especially I'm talking specifically about little children now, you as a parent could do a better job. A more efficient job. But if, you, if the attitude is going to be, no, I'd just rather do it myself. It's just so much easier, it's, it's less messy, it's, it's just gets done the way I want it to get done. It's a short-term gain, but it's a long-term loss. It's a long-term loss because the essence what you want is you want to help give your children the ability to succeed. And that means letting them try. And learning and try means they're going to make mistakes, and okay, I'm good with that, because that's the way that they're going to do it. In the broader sense, that's exactly what Hashem is doing with us. He could perfect the world, and He could have created it like that too. 
And the, the only reason why it's, it hasn't gone anywhere for so long, and we're still where we are today, is only because Hashem is giving us a chance to try. So yes, it's, whether it's to find the answer in the Chumash Hamburg and the Rashi, or it's to be able to say the Vatar around the table, or it's to be able to help with whatever, like I said, anything they're going to do, it, it, it needs the parents of a matter of patience, and a matter of, of being willing to to wait and give the, give the time, whatever is necessary, for a child to learn how to do something. But okay, that's what you need to do. That's the first point. Now there's another point. Who is the man? The. go across the road? Yeah. If I do, if, if I if I always do something for him, he'll never learn to learn his own. Everything's always taken care of for him. Is there some time when you should be correcting? Of course, it depends on what you're talking about. What, 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 what we, there's a certain stage, and this is within his ability to do. He should be doing it well, and if he's not, then I have to try. This is how you mean to do it, wherever it is. So he knows how to do it right. Now. Is the pasuk? The pasuk says Malachi, talking about the koyin. And this is the idea of the Chassam Sefer. He says, "Kisir se koyin shmordas, v'tari yevakshem ipiu, ki malach Hashem tzvachisa." And on that, Chazal say that if the Reb, the one teaching Torah, is like a malach Hashem tzvachis, then learn from him. Ve'imlav al tzomadi rena. What elements of a malach do you want the Reb to have that you need? If you want the, if you want the teacher and sending the father. His capacity as someone who's teaching to be a malach. What exactly do you want him to be as a malach? Says the Chasm Sofer. The principle of a malach is what the Pasuk says, when the Santilachom Mahalchim, and Oedim Ma'ele. People move, Malachim Stesto. And therefore, the Chasm says, the Yisrael Gadol, for anyone who wants to go into Chinuch. Whether it's Tamirim or your children, it's the Yisrael which is very good to remember. And that is, what, if you want to teach somebody else, your malach has to be, I'm not working for myself now. And Tzidi, I'm an Oymet. I'm working to help you. As much as I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to care and what's the best for me, but I'm not being a good nakhana for somebody else. He's not like a malach. It's only the Rebbe's Bermel malach, which means he's putting his own growth on the side for now in order to help somebody else grow, then kablev. The, the Metzius is, and the Emes is, it's not like that. The Emes is when a person does that, he gets held Bishma. So he grows also in ways he would never have imagined possible because the Kodesh Prophet helps him. But the Metzius, but that's what you need to do in order to teach. For the same reason. Because if I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach the same things on the level of the person I'm teaching. And if it's once or it's twice or it's ten times, whatever it's going to be until he learns at his pace. And for me, it's all destroying because I know this Kumara so well. I've heard this Pasuk a hundred times already. And I'm not gaining anything more than my own learning by teaching like that. Right. But if you want to teach somebody else, you have to be the Malach. You're standing still and you're helping somebody else up. And that's the second method. It's, it's a phenomenon in the world which is an unfortunate phenomenon, it's a phenomenon that's well documented. And that is very often, the children of Tamil Chacham of B'nai Torah aren't necessarily Tamil Chacham of B'nai Torah. And there could be a number of reasons for it, but one of the primary reasons is what I'm saying there. And that is for a B'nai Torah whose focus always is my learning and my growth and my shagging, whatever it else is, it's very hard to step down and be able to spend time helping your children up. Because it's, it's for me, it's, there's no chiddush and there's no enjoyment and there's no gashmak in learning on that level. And therefore, I'd much rather not learn with them, let them, let them take care of themselves, so to speak, or let the school teach them. And I can focus on my own growth, which is much more accelerating or challenging, whatever it's going to be. Now, again, if you want to give your children the tools to succeed, you have to be able to stop where you are and reach down to pick them up. And that means going down to their level to work with them up from where they are. 
And that's why, like I said, it's, it's uh, nearly paradoxical, but you see that for Balabatim, who, for them, let's say, their own learning isn't such a big deal. So they have no problem spending hours doing Chazara of Kriya, Aleph, Komet, Aleph, all with their kids, because it's not like they're, they're burning time, which they could have been learning twice. It's tough to Bnei Torah have this challenge, and I think, I've got so much I need to do, why am I wasting time, like, trying to go down a level? And I'll tell you an amazing story. He went to America to raise money for the yeshiva. Rebbe Bell was a Gan Olam, Rebbe was a big Masmid, but Rebbe Bell was not a good fundraiser. <laughs> Especially he didn't speak the language and he didn't know the entirety of America. <laughs> so eventually, some of the boss told him, Shishiva, you know what, you stay in the shul here, I'll go around fundraising for you. And for eight months, Rebbe Bell went to the shul in the lower east side, while this guy went around raising funds for the yeshiva. Eventually, he reached however much the money the Talmud call was, and Rebbe took the money, thanked him very much, and went back to Europe. When Rebbe arrived back in Kamenetz, he came with the train with his suitcase, and he didn't even go home, he went straight to the Yishim. Except in the Vimeh, he wants to speak. So the just came back in, everyone gathers around, do what he has to say. So Rebbe said, Rebbe said, Do the Solomon of Korosotoy. You have to have a Korosotoy. You don't know how much I do for the Yishim. And everyone thought what he meant is, he was away from his family for nine months, and he was fundraising overseas and everything else. He said, no. He said, when I was in America, he said, the story was that this year went to fundraise for me. I sent I said, I sent the best message. He said, I learned the whole set of coaching. But you, Me'ila and Tawmid and Christus and Me'ila, he said, yes, I come to speak to Yeshiva. Nachamol b'vakamol, nachamol b'metziah. Nachamol b'ara, nachamol shah. The only of Nakar Sotay. He said, Yeshiva, I'm, I'm sacrificing my level of learning in order to teach. And he's right, because that's the Metziah that you're going to teach. You're going to teach it, you're going down to the level you're talking to teach then, and it's a skill. Again, it doesn't, we're, talking, we're not talking about all the bottom, your sons, you can get into a good machlekes and numbers. We're talking about kids. And what kids need to learn is how to read out of pace. And if I want my child to be able to grow, then I'm going to have to spend the time reading out of pace with him. Because, yes, for me, it's 10 steps down or 100 steps down, but yeah, I need to give him the skills in order to kill to get step up. That's the the same thing. The Mahalach of Chinuch is to work with the person being Mahalach, to give him the ability to be Matsyach, to give him the chance to be Matsyach, to give him the chance to grow. That's the first pile I wanted to talk about. And the second tool. The second tool we're talking about is to give your kids a chance to be Matsyach. The second tool I want to talk about. The next point I want to talk about. The next thing I want to talk about is the aside, and that is after we spoke about the first point, is helping give your child the ability to grow in his learning or in his understanding. The next aside is help giving your child the tool, the skills he needs to be matzliach regarding his midas. Regarding his midas. This is the aside from the Bale Musa, and that is that a little child isn't yet enough of a chacham, so to speak, to hide his natural midas. A little child, you'll see, it's from the, uh, definitely what his strengths and what his weaknesses are. You just have to look for it. You'll see both the good points and see the bad points. As a person gets older, they become more skilled at hiding themselves. And therefore, it's not always easy to see what midas, both good or bad, a person has. But by a little child, it's, it's nikram because he doesn't hide it. And therefore, pay attention to your children. 
Because you'll notice in your child where his strengths are, you'll notice where his, where his weaknesses are. Now, the Yisoyed, and it's not the point of the vibe right now, but in Midrashadim, the principle, which is always the underlying principle, is that HaKadosh Baruch was born in the Rafael Makkah, which means the tikkun for a person's bad Midrash are his own good Midrash. It doesn't work from the outside, it works from the inside. If a person has a certain bad Midrash, which is easy for a person to find normally, if he looks hard enough, you must know. The way to Metakinus is a good middle, which the person has inside him also. He just has to look for it. And every person in the balance is different, and every person in the middle might be different, but the Yisrael of Tukhan Amidus is, use the skills that Kaddish Baruch gave you in order to overcome the weaknesses that Kaddish Baruch gave you. Use the natural good middles you have in order to overcome the natural kishlevis you have. Because a person has both. A person has concerns and a person has minus. And in the famous words of Rabbi Rucham Leibovitz, he says, Oyle Misha'enu Makir he doesn't know what to And it's 100% true. People don't, as adults, aren't often willing to admit a bad matter, and even more, they aren't willing to admit a good matter. And therefore, the biggest, not the biggest, one of the, one of the biggest matters, maybe, or, the, or gifts you can give your children, when it comes to the avoidance to Adam, is be aware, is notice, look at them, and we'll work out, which you can see as with a little child, what's his natural strength, what's his natural weakness. The famous film, The God, which is very, very often quoted, on the Pazakim, on And the God explains differently to that Mufashim, and he explains verse like this. A child, Alpi, his derech. Because from his derech. The person sticks with the derech he started off with. And therefore, if I want to mechanic him successfully, I have to work with his derech. Because that's what's going to, he's not going to change that. And he says, every person has a natural natir, a natural way that he works, a natural mahalach that he has, a natural maid and a natural chisar. And if I work with that, then I'll be masayach in chinuch, because then I'm working with something which will always be a part of him. And this is another nikoda. You can't superimpose yourself on your children. People naturally think what works for me works for my child. My middles are my children's middles. And therefore, if I have the, this point, and for this is me, this is easy, then I can't understand why my child struggling with it. And if for me this is the issue, this is something that I worked on, my child's to work on it also. It's not true. People are different. Parents and children are different. They have different strengths and different weaknesses, and different middles and different tzchunas and nefesh. And therefore, the, the, again, a, a big, big tool that you can use in order to help your kids First, you helping them later on, but teaching them how to help themselves, how to grow themselves, is to notice what's their weaknesses and what are their strengths. What's the what's the, what's the well, those areas where they which they have to work on, and what are the areas which they can use to work on it. That's the derech of the child, which is, and that's is that for little children. By the time the children are six, seven years old, it's normally too late, it's too hard to see already. They're too good at covering this of that. It's that for little children three, four-year-olds, even two-year-olds, that you can see a natural middle. And I can from my experience in my own family. I can tell you which children is two-year-olds is to share everything. And these children is two-year-olds just to hide their candy and hide their toes and wouldn't share anything. I can tell you which children are two-year-olds were naturally angry. And if you did anything, they would have tantrums, they would scream, they would whatever. And those children which are naturally forgiving and they could do it every afternoon, they'd try to get and okay, get on with something else. That's it. Once again, it's the same thing since 34 from the Hatsu Sefer. The, the parent has to be like the malach. 
which means I can't work with what my natural materials are. I can't work with what's easy for me. I have to work with what my child's his mirrors are. And if you understand this, it takes away a tremendous amount of frustration that parents have. Because things which are obvious for them, or pushed for them, or so right for them, and they can't understand why is the child struggling with this? Now, isn't it just so obvious? The dogma. Let's say you have a parent who's honest, and he has a child that gets caught for cheating in the school test or from stealing from a friend, and they can't understand that. It's like, where's it coming from? Right? And they understand it. They can't understand it because you don't have that middle, Baruch Hashem. That's not your challenge. But I understand your child's a different person. He has his challenges. Or you have, uh, I'm just going to be one marshal. There could be many Mishale. Right? A parent who's a yaka who never is late for a thing. And you can't understand why every single day his kid's late for school. What's wrong with him? Right? Now, naturally, na- naturally, parents, they react that, like, whatever way it's going to be, that this kid has something wrong with the child. And, and maybe it's not a good matter. But understand, that is his matter. You have to work with it. It could work the other way around as well. There will be often times where in certain areas the children have better medicine than the parents. And that also makes sense because everyone has their good medicine too. So yeah, it could be that in some areas that the, chair, the, the children and some things are much better than the parents. So that also could be. And then, okay, very good. If they have a matter, learn to develop it. Yeah. That's the second point. And then the third point we'll talk about. So again, we spoke about when help push it, lowering oneself to the level of one's child to help them that's the first point the second quote that we're talking about is um, working on understanding the let's call it the identity of your child when it comes to his midas and his strengths and his weaknesses so that you can give him, you have the tools to help him grow and eventually you can give him the tools that you can use himself to help him grow and the third point, this is the most partial point, but it's the one I think people have a lot of difficulty with. And that is that the, what we spoke last about the middle of anger. If I had to choose the second middle, which most affects, which most affects a good chinuch, or which most interferes with children's ability to be matzliach, it's the middle of the parents' covet. The middle of the parents' covet. And uh, let me explain what I mean on a simple level, and we'll go through some examples. And that is... The parent has the idea of what's good for him. What's good for him, what looks good for him, what fits into his his framework, his world, his whatever it's going to be. And we made it, he looks at it that his children have to stim, have to, has to work with his covet. Because otherwise it's, it's, it's an embarrassment to him that his kids are wherever they are. And if that's the case, the person's willing to sacrifice what's good for his kids on the, on the basis of uh, it has to stim with me. It has to work for me. I'm not talking about which chedi you send your sons to, or which, uh, which let you, what you let them do or not to, or what kind of shidduch you are prepared to consider or not consider. These are just big life decisions, but it, the whole, along the way, the, the whole way it's like that. And that is, the mahalach and chinduch is, it has to serve the cover of the parents. And the question is, the people are being macro of the kids for that. I can tell you the story of a number of older singles. And the reason they were not married is because then the parents befell and see eye to eye what kind of shirif they want. So what happens? The parents are not prepared to even consider anything that the child wants. And anything that the child, the parent's interested in, is marriage doesn't work. It's not the right person. 
So that happens when they start with Shlachim at 18, and nothing's changed when they're 28, nothing's changed when they're 38. So what, you want your child to stay single their whole life because it doesn't stem with the Shlachim you want it to do. But there's a certain immaturity, if I can even say. Right? And it's understand, this is their life. Uh, at least at that stage, it's their life. Let them do what's right for them. And at that stage, they're already adults. Kalbuchem when they're younger. Right? And people have the same issue. And that is, you look to see like, what kind of head you're going to send your child to. The right answer to the question is, assess your child. What would be best for him? Is it, uh, what kind of as, as a child he is? What kind of cheder would be the most matching for his personality? Is he a very competitive child who needs a cheder which is full of life and action or whatever else? Is he a very quiet child and needs a place which is much more calm and much more small and much more laid back? Right? Assess your child and decide what's the right place to teach him based on him. But if it's going to be based on the number of people say in the shtibble about which where you send your son, then you're taking his interest into account. Yeah. The point to raise, that is, even if it's not directly for a person's cover, but there's always the surround question, my yam rabris. And how's it going to look to other people if my daughter went to this seminary or my son went to that yeshiv or whatever it is? Right. And you're right. We're not talking about one family issue, we're talking about a societal issue. And society also has its uh, ranking system, and society also has its covered. And therefore, it's uh, for sure a person, just like he, he, he wants to be seen a certain way, he thinks that other people are seeing him that certain way. The premise is that it doesn't really help because it's, it, 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 you're just pushing the same problem further down the line. Which means if the reason why um, I want my son to go to certain cheder is because I want him one day to go to certain yeshiva, and that yeshiva won't take you, he's going to go to this cheder, then the matter, it's, I'm, I'm putting in the cheder which is wrong for him to go to the yeshiva which is wrong for him, so look at the shiva which is wrong for him. What am I achieving? I'm just making the problem a long lasting problem. Right? No, again, I'm not talking about from Katya. I'm not talking about Al-Tadarach. I'm not talking about that issue. That's a different topic we'll talk about later. I'm talking about a person's personality. And we're talking about good places. Again, I'm not a politician, but just to give an example. There's Yeshiva that's Israel, like Hebron, which is considered a good Yeshiva. There's Yeshiva like Tifrach, which is considered a good Yeshiva. But they're completely different kinds of Bacha. The kind of Bacha goes to Hebron, the kind of Bacha goes to Tifrach are very, very different. I'm not saying what's good and what's not good. They're both considered good Yeshivas. Now, the decision what's the right place to send somebody should be based on what's his nature. Where will he stag more? Where will be better for him? If it's going to be, I'll put him in the place which I think is better for the shame of the family, which is not the right place for him, we're going to have the problem. I'm just going to as the marshal. The same thing would apply in any place in the world. And the same you say. And it's not just about institutions, it's not just about tradition. It's about a lot of other liquidists also. I mean, first and foremost, do you bring your children to Davin? Do you bring your children to Shul to Dalit? I'm not talking about older children again. We're only talking at this stage of Chinuch, little children. Maybe, and if we carry on the Chinuch right? that, that, that happens, we'll get to older children too. But we're talking about little children. Do you bring little children to Shul? Now, how much is the shikl, what's the best thing for the child? Right? And how much is the shikl that, what does it look like if I bring him to Shul? Uh, in either direction. In either direction. Does it look like I'm not from because I'm not bringing my three-year-old to Shul? Or, or the other way is that when people's cheshbon becomes that my, or people are looking at them as parents right, then by them the child becomes the pawn because I'm just using him for what looks good for me and then this is the third big insight which affects the person's ability to help their child again the first one is that they aren't able to go to their child's level and work with his pace and work just, I can't bring myself down so you, you, can't, you can't pick him up 
Like I said, the second look at it is, people assume the children are, the, are just carbon copies of themselves. So instead of helping the child work on his nature, you just assume he's you, or a junior you, and therefore he's going to be the same as you. And the third look at it is that people want the, the, their children, so to speak, to to be used to justify their own self-concept. That what, what I want to be, this is what I want to be, this is what I want my children to be, and therefore they have to play the role of what I want to be. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work because uh, either it's going to be in a situation where you're going to force a child to act a certain way, he's not going to be happy, or it's going to cause a rebellion, a rebellion at some stage. Adrava, the, the third principle, the third principle of giving your child a tool to succeed is give him the tools that, or the environment or the abilities that that he can succeed for what he is. It's the same you said as before. The same you said as before. And that is, there's a Gemara. The Gemara says, Hisaru b'nei anim shemahem tetziteri. Be careful of b'nei anim, kusaru will come from them. Adafki b'nei anim. So there are lots of vatlach given. What I like to say is that there's another Gemara. And it's a Gemara made cotton. The Gemara says that there's a, that are you misabil berabim for a child who dies? No, then a child dies. Is there a verus berabim for a child? So the Gemara in my cotton says, for bnei ashirim no, for bnei anim yes. No, 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 a little child. But not uh, misabil berabim for a little child. Not nikra bashuk. But the Gemara says bnei anim yes. Why? Because end the mashuachim. Rashi says there's nothing else. Ashirim have their money. Other people have their chashivas. Whatever it is. And they, need, they don't have anything else. And therefore, all of the children, if a chas v'shalom, someone like that is a child, so it's a much bigger tzara. Therefore, Mizal v'rabi. Now, the one gemara is niyashad al v'kemara. Yizara v'nani v'shalom v'tetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetetet